0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Ensure your next purchase is a real deal and shop authentic handbags, watches, sneakers, streetwear and jewelry from eBay, backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: Hey everyone, this week we're resharing one of my favorite episodes where we help listener Maddie expand her culinary horizons and try to buck the label of picky eater once and for all. We'll be back next week with more dinner emergencies, celebrity questions, and enough holiday-friendly recipes to get you through the rest of the year. Don't forget to write to us with your questions. We're at dinnersos at bonappetit.com. Okay, on with the show. I was expecting, like, artichoke, (laughs) spigarello.
2: (laughs) Again, you're naming vegetables as if you think I'm going to know what they are. I'm happy for you, but uh, it's not something I have experience in.
1: (laughs) Welcome back, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. This is Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Our callers are often confident, adventurous eaters who are looking for some help cooking. But this week, our caller Maddie really put me to the test. See, Maddie would be the first to admit that her palate is limited.
2: As a kid, I was a super super picky eater, you know, all beige foods. We're talking buttered noodles, plain white rice, toast. And you know, I have grown a little bit, but I am looking for a way to ease my way into trying new foods and to finally shake that horrid label of being a picky eater. I feel like it expires at age 12. Like you shouldn't be older than 12 and still be
1: a picky eater. I wanted to get inside Maddie's preferences, and help her to expand her horizons. My starting theory? Maybe Maddie isn't picky. Maybe she's a super taster.
2: A super taster sounds a lot better than a picky eater.
1: Does it sound like the truth though?
2: Um mm, hard to say, <laughs> but I think, you know, I kind of am a creature of habit, like to eat the same types of things. And anything new that was out of my comfort zone was was not on the table, you know, pun intended.
1: Yeah. So I have two kids, 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, and as culinary creatures, they are both fascinating and horrifying to me, (laughs) and there's no rhyme or reason to it other than I have to say there is this kind of biological imperative in young kids to have an aversion to new foods. I think this is something that I struggle with from the other end of the equation, right? Wanting my kids to love food, full stop. But for you, I guess what? I'm curious about is, are there any foods that you feel curious about? Are there things that you've eaten in restaurants that you think, oh gosh, like that kind of worked for me. And what would my life be like if I could recreate that experience at home?
2: Absolutely. One of my most recent feats that I'm proud of is I've always kind of steered clear of all things fish for whatever reason. And over the past maybe few years, I've really was determined to like shrimp. Uh Um, I started With sushi, shrimp. So, Hmm. you know, cooked shrimp, avocado, rice, what's not to like. And I was eating shrimp out, but was nervous about kind of cooking shrimp and how does it work and where do you buy it and is it frozen and all of that. But then I recently was able to cook shrimp, eat shrimp, and I feel good about it. And now I'm very motivated. So I'm curious about the fish world. You know, how do you make fish less fishy? Why is everybody at the table always ordering salmon? Like, what am I missing? Right. And I feel like when I'm thinking about Foods that I'm curious about are kind of hard stop foods. Um, I do like like a wide variety of vegetables, but there are like a few vegetables that I can honestly say I've never tried, um, uh-huh. and it's hard to admit it. But you know, embarrassingly enough, can't say I've ever eaten a carrot. Can't say I've ever had an eggplant. <laughs> um, onions, besides for like you know chopped super super small that you can't taste them, I've always kind of had. For some reason, an aversion too. But I feel like those are kind of the the low-hanging vegetables, if you will. Things that, like, you know, I would feel okay to try. And I do wanna, you know, be mindful of I think there's gonna be some types of foods that are gonna be hard stops. Like I think something like a more adventurous meat will probably have me running. I can't imagine ever eating duck, or I can't imagine ever being okay with something being super spicy. Like I think I have to work within the confines of my comfort zone. But I want to push it one step further, if that makes sense.
1: Carrot. (laughs) Onion. (laughs) Eggplant. Uh, Listen, it takes a lot to admit our areas of inexperience, you know. I didn't expect you to say carrot. I was thinking... cardoon, salsify, burdock, you know?
2: No, I don't know. I actually do not know the <laughs> words that you're saying right now. So if we could go back to carrot and eggplant, I would really appreciate it.
1: <laughs> uh, Wow. Oh, I hear you. You know, you're not looking to blow things wide open here in terms of challenging yourself to the point of losing touch with you know, what feels accessible to you, but you want to kind of move a click or two past it.
2: I think like my ultimate goal, I don't want to always have to get the chicken dish. You know, I would love to go to a meal and be like, all of these sound good.
1: Okay. And when you mentioned salmon and not being sure what all the fuss was about, is that having tasted it yourself or simply been a spectator to other people eating salmon?
2: So I have eaten salmon in sushi before, and Mm -hmm. I think it's delicious. What I am confused about is when we're sitting around at a restaurant and everybody orders the salmon and is thrilled about it. And I'm like, that smells very fishy. I've feel like I want to be a part of that and be able to feel comfortable with, um, again, something other than the, the classic chicken dish.
1: It's funny because, Maddie, with you, I'm sort of like, well, do we need to get you like cooking like some, you know, kind of compelling fish dish or do we just need you to like <laughs> go to Sahadi's, get some dips, right? <laughs> get a bag of carrots and like go to town?
2: <laughs> right. Like, do I need more like emotional support or kitchen support? It's unclear. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, hey, I think Both are perfectly valid. And listen, I think it's great. You got to start where you are, you know, and... I just, I applaud you for being willing to call in, lay <laughs> all of these things bare for us. I think, look, at the end of the day, no one recipe is going to be the game changer for you here. I, I think we need to put together a list of recipes that feel like they are building clearly on an affinity for some flavor. I mean, my gosh, sushi, with seasoned rice, nori, raw fish, avocado. I mean, all of these things, these are not without textural nuance and right. flavor we can expand on that and run with it a little bit. Maddie, I look forward to continuing this conversation. This has been an absolute hoot. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon, okay?
2: Perfect. Thank you so much.
1: To help Maddie push her palate's limits, I tapped Bon Appetit's executive editor, Sonia Chopra. I'm
0: hyped about this.
1: Sonia is an incredible food writer who knows the Bon Appetit recipe archive like nobody else. And she's also my boss. So I wanted to make sure she had a fun, dare we say, groundbreaking experience co hosting the podcast. So after I talked her through Maddie's issue, I hit her with the big idea. Here's what I was thinking, and this, like, I, I think this is going to bring the house down. <laughs> Would you be open to having Maddie come to the studio and try some vegetables, like with you and me?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it happen.
1: I mean, picture it. It's like, it's you, it's me, it's Maddie, some crudités, maybe dressing on the side, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe we did talk her through the recipes that we want to suggest for her as well. But like, if we can even get her to try a carrot, I feel like we'll have already made an impact, you know?
0: What an interesting challenge. And I hope that we can bring some new flavor to Maddie's life.
1: I agree. Thank you so much for doing this, Sonia.
0: Thanks for thinking of me.
1: So while Sonia and I brainstormed recipes for Maddie to make at home, I was also sneakily preparing a menu for Maddie's surprise in-person tasting. And you'll get to be a fly on that wall after the break.
2: Hi there. I'm Deb Perlman, creator and mastermind behind Smitten Kitchen and the author of three cookbooks.
1: And I'm Kenji lopez Alt. You might
2: know me from Serious Eats, The Food Lab, and The Walk. We're both professional home cooks, which means that we create and test recipes, obsessing over them until they're just right. And on our new podcast, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb, we'll share our techniques and ingredients so that you can learn everything you need to create your own perfect recipes. From Radiotopia, from PRX. It's The Recipe.
1: With Kenji and Deb. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. So, even though this sounds like just a regular episode of Dinner SOS, it's not for a few reasons. One, we are joined by Maddie IRL in the studio which is the first time we've actually had a caller come in to see us in person.
2: I feel like a celebrity.
1: It's so fun to have you here. And we are joined by Sonia Chopra, executive editor. And I could not think of a better person to just speak to the breadth of what we offer here, but also, you know, just bring her into a conversation that ultimately is about you and how we can kind of level up the foods that you eat and enjoy, most importantly.
0: Can I ask a question? Yeah. What are your favorite things to eat? Like, what's your favorite go-to, it's Friday night, and you could be eating anything that you want in the world,
2: dinner? I absolutely love breakfast foods, which I know is not necessarily a dinner food, but I'm a big, like, Brenner person. Love it. I love, like, a breakfast sandwich.
1: What is on your breakfast sandwich?
2: I usually like a drippy egg. I'm sure there's a more appropriate term for that here. That's advanced. Thank you. Um, I love a cheese. I I haven't met a lot of cheeses I don't like. Like I will say if there's something that I would try blindly, I would try a cheese. Um, Maybe not a blue cheese. Let's not push it. But um, (laughs) definitely a cheese. Um, and you know, I will say in my, in my older years, I love an avocado on a Mm -hmm. breakfast sandwich. If I'm trying to go a little wild here, um, love an avocado, would eat bacon as well. So we get a little funky in terms of if you throw the word like aioli or chutney or um, Mm I'm like, all right, what's on here? What's that going to taste like? Can I have it on the side? Is probably my most asked question at brunch.
1: Mm -hmm. Got it. Ah, love that. Well, Sonia, do you want me to go first in terms of like some recipes to bring into the conversation here?
0: Whatever you want. I'm ready.
1: I'll go first. How about that? So when you were talking about sushi in our initial call, I was thinking about sort of sushi-adjacent flavors and how they could be transposed onto a dish that is decidedly not sushi. Okay. There is a dish that Andy Barragani developed. It was like for a feel good food plan some years ago. It's called confetti rice with chicken in spicy garlic broth. And I know, I know you're uh, giving me that's side a red eye flag. and you're right here and I can see it. I can see it happening. Thought we talked about the spice. You, we're not going to make it spicy for you. Okay? Mild. So don't worry. You can just this is going to be mild. I'm just saying the name of the dish, all right? You're going to leave your chili out, but this is poached chicken Very easy, very simple. I did not know
2: you could poach things outside of eggs, if I'm being honest.
1: Yes, it's a very easy, relatively forgiving way to cook something that is like pretty low stress. Put chicken breasts in some water. In this case, he's throwing in a little bit of tamari, some salt some scallion greens. You're fine.
2: Just keep breathing.
1: We've we've got paper bags in the back (laughs) if you need them. All right. I'm
2: going to need a dictionary.
1: (laughs) Um, And you're poaching the chicken just until it's cooked through. You're then meanwhile making some sushi rice, short grain, nice plump, just sticky enough rice. You are then taking, do you like the pickled ginger in the sushi?
2: I can't speak to that. I'm not sure I've ever... I don't know what that is.
1: You order sushi and then ignore the little pile of pickled ginger that is in the corner of every takeout tray of sushi. not ringing any bells. I'm sorry. (laughs) Work with me.
2: Can you bring up a visual?
1: (laughs) I thought this was going to be a lock. I thought like I I'm was ready gonna to get try looks of recognition, nods of acknowledgement. You know, maybe a fist bump. I don't know. I dreamed. Okay, so this the pickled ginger gets chopped up and then mixed into the rice. You get this like pickly, bright, mm. kind of very light. You know, expression of ginger flavor on your rice. You have a little bit of the broth that was used to poach the chicken going on, just as like okay. almost like a dressing. Okay. And then you have sliced poached chicken breasts. Easy peasy. Okay. That sounds doable. It's doable. Thank you. I have one more. So this dramatic pause. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Is it an, is an octopus? It too late just to tell me. It? Is it an
2: octopus?
1: No, let's just go in the heart. cod with soy caramelized onions and potatoes. Okay. Okay.
0: He's like, a potato, a potato. potato. Yeah,
1: familiar vegetable. Did you vegetable. catch that? We start by caramelizing some onions. Okay. Okay. And we reinforce those caramelized onions with just a little hit of soy sauce. Okay. So it's just, <laughs> think of a caramelized onion, kind of jammy, sweet. Okay. It's cooked out all the raw allium punch. So... It's very sweet, very earthy, okay, minerally even, all right? So those are pulled to the side. Then you crisp up your potatoes. You put the caramelized onion back on, and you put a piece of cod on there. Okay. And then you cover it, and you steam it through. So you get this kind of fun juxtaposition of a crispy potato, soft, jammy, very flavorful onion, and just like a flaky white fish. Pretty plain. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, I've never had cod. How would you describe the taste of cod? Flaky.
1: Flaky meaning like it wants to kind of pull apart like once it's cooked into very large flaky pieces. It's very mm. mild. It okay. is the least fishy fish you can pretty much get.
2: Okay. I feel like if I can eat salmon, then oh, I can eat cod. Yeah. I've never tried cod and I've only had salmon and sushi.
1: Cod is like a wonderful fish. You know, anything in that kind of white ocean okay. fish space. Cod, halibut, haddock, hake, scrod. Now you're just making them <laughs>
2: You're absolutely making that. up. Just
1: <laughs> that whole world. Yeah, I'm just going to stop talking now. And Sonia, I'm turning it over to you.
0: Okay, excellent. So my first recipe for you is called jammy onion and miso pasta. Okay. Mm. It's a pasta. Very, very delicious. And this is a very flavorful pasta, but you really get to know the onions in it. You like slice them really thin and then you cook them down till they're jammy. Then you add some miso. You add beef or chicken broth. So you can kind of choose which way you're feeling or just water. And then you mix it all together and you add some Parmesan cheese. Okay. It's delicious. It's so simple. I make it for dinner when I haven't gone grocery shopping and mm-hmm. I don't know what to eat. And I need to like get dinner on the table in 30 minutes. That's I, a
1: really smart choice.
0: I think it's a good way to kind of get to know the allium.
1: And if Mm -hmm. you're questioning, like, getting up close and personal with, like, proteins, pasta is just, like, a great way in. Just layering in, like, a flavor that's, like, maybe a little unexpected.
2: Yeah, pasta feels like a good, like, gateway. That sounds doable. Yes. It's delicious. Very safe.
0: Highly recommend. Too safe? Not too safe. Excellent. All right. So that's my first option. My second option is... Because I know you love breakfast, morning glory baked oatmeal. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a breakfast person and I'm also absolutely not an oatmeal person, but I've been trying to become both. And so I just made this recipe for the first time. And it's great, it's delicious, but it calls for grated apple and grated carrot. So I thought it would be an interesting way to learn about carrots a little bit. And okay. it's the same consistency. <laughs> I see the face that you're making. It's the same consistency as the apples. You like okay. apples? Love apples. So it's, it's basically just adding some carrots into that. And, you know, you couldn't really distinguish between the two once it's all baked together. So I okay. thought that would be a nice way in. You're kind of getting both of them, good kind of gateway thing. Mm-hmm. How do
1: you feel about oatmeal? love oatmeal. Okay. I'm like an okay. oatmeal like,
2: every morning person.
1: Really? Yeah. Steel cut or just regular microwave.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna see myself out. <laughs> I feel like this is like when you're watching like the Olympics and you want like a regular person for comparison. Like I am that regular person and I'm at the Olympics you right are now. You're great. Thank this you.
0: is so easy. It's just like mixing everything together and putting it in a microwave except instead put it in the oven. Okay. So you add in, you know, an egg and the milk and the maple syrup and butter and vanilla and cinnamon and ginger. Excellent spices, do you agree?
2: Cinnamon sounds good. Excellent. Ginger, I only know from like Blue's Clues, you know, like Sage and Ginger, the little characters on there. But Not I've from never
1: sushi, which is impressive. <laughs> I'm still just sitting with that and letting it sink in.
0: This is going to be great.
1: Up until this point, Maddie was feeling good. She thought she was coming into the studio so we could get good sound quality. And that's where we're going to pause for a moment while we set up a little impromptu tasting.
2: Oh my God, what are you going to have me try? Is it a carrot?
1: Okay, maybe we weren't as crafty as we thought, but Maddie was absolutely game to try carrot and some baba ganoush.
2: Before the carrot tasted like nothing, and now the carrot tastes like crunchy baba ganoush. Totally. Did you guys know that, or am I the first person to think that?
1: (laughs) I love this for you. We also had her taste a bit of raw, crunchy red onion.
2: That's no chive. I feel like a chive is kinder.
1: And finally, a piece of cooked salmon.
2: Am I crazy or does it taste like chicken?
1: We had so much fun with Maddie's tasting that we can't fit it all into this one episode. But we'll drop some of the conversation into the feed as a bonus episode in a few weeks. After the break, we'll find out which recipe Maddie chose and whether she's still feeling like a picky eater.
0: Hi friends, I'm Cameron Rogers, mental health advocate, mom of two, content creator and host of Conversations with Cam. This podcast is dedicated to having honest conversations, prioritizing your well-being, and reminding you that no matter what you're feeling, you are not alone. We'll discuss mental health maintenance, the ups and downs of motherhood, the trials and tribulations of life and have a lot of fun along the way. Whether you're knee deep in diapers or just trying to keep your sanity intact, this podcast is for you. Expect laughs, maybe a few tears and hopefully some breakthroughs along the way. Make sure to subscribe and tune in for new episodes of Conversations Conversations with Cam every Wednesday morning.
1: Maddie, welcome back. Hello.
2: Hello. Happy to be back. Did you miss me?
1: <laughs> we did. Honestly, we had so much fun last week. I'm just still reveling in last week. You ate carrots and celery and eggplant, and salmon. I
2: did it. You ate
1: salmon. You did it. You cracked the code.
2: I have to send this to my mom. She's never going to believe
1: me. (laughs) Well, Sonia and I are here totally wrapped, waiting to know what you ended up cooking. Because I think the question is, sure, anybody can stick you in a podcast studio in a high rise in lower Manhattan and force feed you celery and carrots. But what happens when you go home and you're back on your own terms? Michelle, will you roll tape for us?
2: Okay, she is stepping on to home field. She is pressing play. She is starting to open the cod. So here I go. You may be able to hear the paper tearing. It feels like the worst type of Christmas morning. And right away, I notice some wetness. Oh, my God. That is wet.
1: (laughs) Oh, a very fishy Christmas. The the Nancy Drew novel you never asked for.
2: I know. The minute I stopped recording, I was like, man, I should have made a cod pass joke like a podcast. Now I'll see myself out. Thanks.
1: Before the cod puns get totally out of hand, let me take a moment to explain how to make the cod with soy caramelized onions and potatoes. The first step is the onions, which are softened and then caramelized with a bit of fresh ginger and finished with soy sauce. Once those are nice and jammy, remove them from your skillet, wipe it out, and crisp up your rounds of potato. When the potato is golden brown, spread the onions on top of them and place your seasoned fish over the onions. Cover and steam until the fish is opaque throughout, then serve it topped with scallions and furikake or another fun sprinkly topping. What went into the choice to make the cod?
2: So, um, I thought all of the options were great, but I thought about the reason why I initially wrote in, and that was really to push my limits and to try something new. And the other three recipes all felt a little bit too already in my comfort zone, especially, you know, the oatmeal recipe sounded like something that I would want to make and I would love immediately. And the other recipes, it was a pasta recipe and a chicken recipe, those still felt like Something that I could order at a restaurant and eat around whatever freaked me out about them. But the cod was something that I would absolutely never touch. I've never had cod or any type of raw fish in my fridge, um, which is why I was so surprised about the moisture associated with the cod. That was shocking. And, you know, I've never had a caramelized onion, and the whole thing felt super new. So I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to really see, you know, if I could break out of this picky eater persona. And that's why I chose the, the one that felt the most uncomfortable to me.
1: Wow. 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 Are you stunned, Sonia? I am so
0: impressed. I am stunned, but I am so impressed. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Um, maybe you should hear about how it was. Yeah, how to congratulate me.
1: So what what happened? You opened the fish, there was some wetness. And where did things go from there?
2: You know, it took me um probably around two hours to cook the entire meal, but that is a hundred percent user error. That was not a reflection of the recipe. I just, you know, had to. Experience all of these new things, and there was even, you know, a point where I was calling friends and saying, "Do you put onions in the fridge? Like, where do you store this?" Like, there was a big learning curve for me, and that, of course, that emotional prep that went into it too. So, I think that um, added to the length of the journey. I felt super comfortable cooking the potato part. I think a potato is like a green light in terms of things that I cooked before. I've never cooked it in that way specifically, but that part was okay. But the onions were absolutely new territory. And of course the cod was absolutely new territory
1: as well. To Sonia's point, I'm I'm so impressed that you didn't take the easy route, right? You decided to go for the thing that was gonna challenge you the most. That was huge. And tell me, the the caramelized onions, did you feel like you were able to kind of follow that process, go from like raw, crunchy, very brash, raw allium flavor all the way to kind of sweet, Aromatic, jammy.
2: Yes. And that was surprising. Like, I know that, of course, they're called caramelized onions, but that for some reason didn't clue me in that they were going to taste sweeter than Mm. I, you know, even expected in the studio when you fed me a raw onion. It tasted completely different than that. I will say, uh, I made a, a little bit of a user error and made a, I took the, onions off without putting in the soy sauce so that I kind of retrofit the soy sauce afterwards and and I think it still worked out.
1: And tell me, what was the experience of eating this dish?
2: What I was surprised about was that it didn't taste as fishy as I would have imagined a fish would taste. I think I was expecting like a super, super fishy flavor, but you you did warn me that it was mild. And it almost tasted like it was just an embodiment of whatever I put on it, kind Mm -hmm. of like the tofu of the sea, where it kind of just tasted like if I put teriyaki sauce on it, it would taste like teriyaki. If I put ketchup on it it would taste like ketchup
1: did you put ketchup on it just i sure
2: did not you think clarify? i eat ketchup how long have you known me i don't eat ketchup
0: what, <laughs> what do you have against ketchup
2: um, I'm not really a condiment person. Sign me up for barbecue sauce and mayo, but I would not be caught dead eating mustard or ketchup.
0: How much difference is there between barbecue sauce and ketchup?
2: It's emotional.
0: It's a tangled
1: web.
2: And it did, it did taste good. And I was able to share the meal um, with my boyfriend, Jake. And he is a little bit more adventurous when it comes to meats and seafoods and fishes, but he like won't eat a vegetable kind okay. of person. But he's had cod before and he likes onions and he likes potatoes. And he gave me a little bit of a compliment sandwich, right? Like he said, like you did such a great job. It looks great. Was it the best cod he's ever had? He would probably say no.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep, fair. Maddie, where do we go from here?
2: My um, silver lining here, I think it goes for a bit of the whole recipe, is that I'm not sure if I'm necessarily like a cod convert or even a caramelized onion, Stan, but I do feel like the process of getting the ingredients, reading the recipe, creating it myself, helped me feel braver Mm. in terms of, trying the new food, which I think is a lesson that I can take from this experience and apply it later on. Like maybe the answer isn't to order that salmon when the rest of my team dinner at work is ordering the salmon and just kind of suffer through it. Maybe the answer is to create it myself in the comfort of my kitchen and watch the ingredients go together and feel better about giving it a try rather than kind of ordering it and having it just appear in front of me.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think seeing it from the inside out has a value, right? Mm-hmm. It, for sure. it demystifies it. You're able to maybe tailor it to suit your own preferences or needs. And I, I think that's like totally valid.
2: Maybe that's the move moving forward is make a meal that's two thirds in my comfort zone. And, and maybe that one third is something that um, I wouldn't usually eat or buy.
1: That sounds pretty reasonable to me. <laughs> I, don't I really love that. Great way to ease in. Two thirds comfortable.
2: One third cod. No. (laughs) (laughs) Never again. One third jammy. (laughs) Nope. Unsubscribe.
1: Well, Maddie, you were such a good sport. You made yourself a little vulnerable, right? And Honestly, we were just truly delighted to meet somebody, you know, willing to kind of like share your experiences with food and to just be like that transparent about what you like and what you don't and what you feel comfortable with.
2: Thank you both so much. I appreciate how uh, kind everybody was, and hopefully there are other picky eaters out there uh, that can relate to my struggles and also, you know, this journey to have a little bit of a different label. Like maybe I'm not a picky eater. Maybe I'm a you're, selective eater. That's working. You're comfortable. On it.
1: Misunderstood super taster. I felt like that was a lock. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Well, listen, let us know what you do end up cooking and liking. You know, you you ate that salmon before.
2: Absolutely. And that salmon was so delicious. I feel like that is a way forward.
1: Just put some barbecue sauce on it.
2: (laughs) As long as it's not ketchup.
1: Fair enough. Let us know what you get up to. I can't wait to see a photo of your cod. okay?
2: Thank you so much for all your help.
1: Thank you, Maddie. Bye, Maddie. Whether you're a misunderstood super taster or a flavor omnivore, I hope Maddie's experience gives you the courage to try something new. And hey, if you're not sure about what to do with an ingredient, there's always the internet.
2: The most obscure looking ingredient for sure is that ginger. Um, and I'm not sure I've ever seen it before and I have absolutely no idea how to prepare it. So there may be some YouTube videos or TikTok videos in my
1: future. If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. For an upcoming episode, we are looking for all your questions about eating and cooking sustainably so give us a shout with all your ethical eating questions. You can find the recipes featured on today's episode, the confetti rice, jammy onion and miso pasta, baked oatmeal, and the cod with soy caramelized onion and potatoes on the new Epicurious app, brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Sonia Chopra. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Leah Kasher is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal makes this episode. Next week... We help listener Lauren try to find a back pocket meal for having friends with kids over for Shabbat dinner.
0: It needs to be something that feels special enough that I can, you know, serve it to guests, but without being so time consuming or fussy to make that
2: it's going to like feel like too big of a task or interfere with my wanting to
1: invite people over. Okay, next up is going to be like Movies 101 with Chris because like there's some holes on your resume here, okay?
2: I have seen holes, the movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <You're referencing. laughs> I was Stanley Yelnats for Halloween this year.
1: Yes, were you really? <laughs> yeah,
2: of course. Iconic.
1: <laughs> here at Dinner SOS, we love tackling your kitchen issues. But what if I told you there's a way to rescue dinner before it turns into an emergency? With expert insights from the test kitchen, cooking and entertaining tips, and a treasury of over 50,000 recipes, Bon Appetit and Epicurious are your lifelines to rescue any meal. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off an annual digital subscription, including access to the user-friendly Epicurious app. Just use code SOS20 at bonappetit.com. That's sos S two zero for a 20% discount on an annual digital subscription to Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Happy cooking. And don't worry, I'll still be here if your dinner plan self-destructs.